Hey there, everybody. Shell Broadnax here with another episode of Stager Talk. And I have a guest on that's been on many, many, many times. Why, you ask? Because she's freaking brilliant. Shaunalyn Simon, welcome. Thank you so much, Shell. So great to be here. Look, man, we got some brilliant people in our industry and um, we go back several years now and your brilliance just keeps growing and growing. <laughs> so I just have to thank you personally for not quitting. Thanks for not being a quitter and quitting the industry because you um, over, how long have you been in this industry now? Over uh, 10. I've got 15 year anniversaries 15. coming up on May 1st. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So we've been doing RISA for 16 years. I've been in the industry for 21. So when you're talking about people that are at the forefront, that are the foundation, this is one of those people. And if you have not watched Shaunalyn on a webinar or taken one of her classes or been to RisaCon and sat in on one of her sessions, you, my friends, are missing out. So we're going to talk today about pivoting your home staging business. This is your subject for RisaCon this year. Yes. Um, give us just a little synopsis about what everybody can expect from that. Well, I think uh, anyone who's been in the industry the last few years, and especially those that were in the industry pre-COVID, it's been a roller coaster ride. I mean, for someone like me who's been in for 15 years, we started off, first of all, telling people what the heck home staging was. When I would tell people I was a home stager, they would look at me like I had two heads and be like, what's that? And then, of course, we had this um, image of being pillow fluffers and declutterers, and that was basically all that we did. And so there was a lot of education to it. And at the time that I started my business, it was very much a buyer's market. Uh, It wasn't necessarily, you know, houses didn't sell in multiple offers. And, you know, we kind of got accustomed to marketing ourselves based on that strategy. So then it turns into this wild and crazy, wild, wild west style seller's market where things are selling for ridiculous amounts of money. Um, Oh, in between there, you know, at the start of my business, by the way, was also right after the major financial crash of 2008, of course, let's, let's throw that in there as well. Uh, Great time to be starting a new business. Uh, So yes, we have this crazy seller's market, and then everything kind of pauses. And I mean, all of my coaching clients saying the same thing last year in the fall, like all of a sudden, the phone just stopped ringing, like to the point where they were ready to call the phone company and just make sure the phone was actually working because it just stopped ringing. Things just went into crickets mode. And so now we're looking at a buyer's market again, but they've gotten so accustomed to promoting themselves in a seller's market now. And, you know, all these constant shifts. And what I want to do is I want to help people kind of uh, proof their business a little bit, first of all, as things shift. But I also want them to feel brave enough to make significant changes when that's what makes the most sense for their business. And that might mean adding a brand new service or dropping a service. It might mean uh, shifting the type of clients that you work with. Uh, It might mean um, just changing your business model. Maybe you owned inventory and you want to go to consultations or vice versa. Like there's a lot of things you can do to pivot your business. And sometimes they're massive. Sometimes they're smaller tweaks, but they can all be really scary. So I want to help people to understand how to have the courage to do it, how to do it in a thoughtful way um, and how to not be super afraid of it. Yeah, that's, it's so true. And I think a lot of stagers in their businesses, you know, you get in and you get in your flow and it's kind of mundane and then something happens and you can't think outside that box. It's like not even a consideration to drop a service. However, dropping a service if you if you're not looking at your data 
And if you do look at your data and that data is suggesting that this service letter level is a tank and it's just, it's dragging you down. It's like, why are you doing that? Let's alleviate that, not put any more attention towards it. Redirect that attention towards something else that is making you more money and is more exactly. profitable. Exactly. And, but it's scary. And, and a big part of the key, I think that uh, in order to be able to make some of these shifts is you've got to understand who it is you're serving. So first and foremost, you need to serve yourself. You need to make sure it's something you actually want to do. But aside from that, what clients are you working with? Because what are your, if you look at what your clients want and need, and it could even be a need that they don't even realize that they need. How often have you identified like, oh man, wouldn't it be so much easier if this existed? Why can't you be the person who innovates that? The person who brings it to the market. So look at what your clients actually need and start with that. And it, if you are always focusing on that, the shifts in your business aren't as significant as they might feel because the core of your business is the same. Same people, same values, same beliefs, same culture, but maybe a slightly mod slight modification to your service. I mean, I can tell you so many suppliers, especially over the last few years, have sent out emails saying, hey, by the way, we've decided we're dropping this or we're adding this. Big thing I have seen those people dropping things and saying this no longer serves us. And therefore, we want to focus our attention on what's going to serve you best as our clients. So thinking about that. Now, I am the queen of having my hand in a whole lot of different pots. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. Uh, but I am constantly evaluating. We did uh, a launch earlier this year of a new concept. Um, we sort of put some parameters around it. We launched it, we tested it, and the market just didn't support it the way that we had hoped that it would. And we pulled the plug on it pretty quickly. Now we could have probably adjusted, tweaked it, pivoted the, that particular model a few different times. But the, the reality was that we didn't really feel that that was where we wanted, that, that that was the direction that we wanted our company to go in. And after a couple of changes happened internally, we decided just to scrap it all together. It was a big decision to, like, we put a lot of effort into launching it. And so to scrap it, we decided, you know, is there a way that we can still use this going forward? Yes. Like there's still knowledge that we've got from that. There's some systems and processes that we gain from it. Those we will still use going forward in a smaller capacity. So it wasn't a complete loss. And I think that's also the other thing we need to think about when we're pivoting is take the lessons, but you don't necessarily have to hang on to something that's just crippling you. Yeah, absolutely. I think also when you say take the lessons, I love that. Um, I was doing a coaching call yesterday and we were talking about, you know, how stagers, they get into your business and you think you have to have every single job, every single job mm -hmm. that crosses your purview. You have to have that one, that one, that one. And if you don't get it, like to use an eighties term, you're totally moated over it. And you're just like, just yeah. like devastated. And I'm like, why it's okay. You're not meant to have every single job. But take the lesson in you got to do a great sales pitch. You got to yeah. listen to somebody else and what's going on in their world, which you're going to gain knowledge from. And when you're able to do that and you walk away and you say, okay, that just wasn't the right client for me. It was meant for somebody else. Yeah. And when you have that different mindset about it, it really just changes the outcome. So you're not always like all depressed about it. And I think the same thing applies for your business. If you're reevaluating, you're having to, to pivot on your service levels or anything else it is that you're wanting to do. Uh, to change your business, whether you're going to add the service or, or take one away, you have to really evaluate it. And I think too, yeah. also, you know, resonating with your heart of really what it is that you want to be doing. And I, that's, I think that's another thing that people are missing out on Shauna Lynn is that 
they're doing some of these business models because there are established business models that are standards in the industry. And that's sure. fine. That's everybody wants to start that, but that doesn't mean that's what you always have to do. And it certainly doesn't mean that's the only thing that you have to do. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, the thing that's also something that's been proven over the last several years is that there's a lot of different models that can exist within the same industry. And yeah. the idea that we had of what home staging, what a home staging business was supposed to look like is not necessarily the way that it is these days. And uh, going back to the lessons that you were talking about, um, I've actually got one of the stagers on my team. She's an absolute rock star, but she's only been in the industry for a couple of years. Uh, she got her certification through my company. Uh, when I hired her, essentially, um, I saw the potential in her before we hired her and she just really naturally took to the industry. But she's now working for an established company where we've got certain things where we're like, yeah, if we don't get a bid, that's OK. You know, it happens. Whereas for her, it's, you know, it's a bit more gut wrenching. And here's the thing. We actually had a meeting yesterday and this kind of came up about one of the projects that she had bid on that she didn't end up getting another local stager got it. And so we we talked as a team about. Uh, you know, could she have sold her services better? Could she have done more? Could she have, you know, she was saying like, at the end of the day, it was a matter of like a $500 uh, discount that they were looking for. But she's like, this was a lot of work. And I didn't see any reason to discount our services. The value is there. So could I have sold my value better? And here's the thing, like I said, I want her to be upset that she's not getting the jobs because if she's just fluffing it off, I mean, I don't need a salesperson who can't sell. So I'm glad that she's not fluffing it off. But sometimes you have to just look at it and be able to identify that, you know what, that just wasn't one for us to get. Yeah. She, she did do everything that she could have possibly done for it, but she did take it a step further. And what she did was she reached out to the agent when the agent said that they didn't get, that we didn't get the bid. She took it that step further and said, I'd love to understand more about why you chose the other stager over us. It's great for my own um, growth. And if, if you can give me some feedback and ultimately it did come down to price in the end. Mm -hmm. And um, so for her, she gathers up those nuggets. And then the next time she's pitching something, she's using, how did I lose out last time? I lost out on price. When you lose out on price, you I know you know this. When you lose out on price, it is not because your price was too high. It's because you didn't sell your value. Are you okay? <laughs> so now she's in her head. She's like, how could I have sold our value better? And again, she's great at sales. She's great at selling our value, but just understanding some of the different, you know, how can she tweak some of the phrasing that she's using? So that's a, a one-off kind of instance in terms of bids. I'm talking about some bigger things from a business perspective about pivoting, but I want people to be able to think outside the box a little bit. There are some things that can be added to your business at fairly low expense, fairly low risk that can really impact it. There are other things that take a lot more. And again, there's things that you can remove from the business. Uh, and I think that whenever we remove something from the business, this is the other thing too. It all, always goes back to what is your marketing message? What are, your, what are you trying to give to your clients? How are you serving them? So if you're taking something away, instead of going to your clients and saying, so we decided to eliminate this. It wasn't making us any money. And so we just decided to get rid of it. I'm really sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> How can you now make your marketing message, turn that into a great positive thing? It's the same way. I mean, you, you've heard me talk about raising prices. I sell raising my prices like it's the best thing to happen to my clients in 10 years. Like... <laughs> You've got it. It's all about how you package that up and deliver it to them. I have been sold to, and I know you can appreciate a good sales pitch. There are times where I've been sold to where I'm like, man, I know I just got sold, but like, I want to buy because that was so good. That's the pitch that we need is like, don't let, even if they acknowledge that they've been sold to, it's like, yeah, but I believe everything you said. That's funny. You said that I took a call yesterday, a cold call. 
Oh my God. It was a cold. No, it wasn't a cold call. I filled out a form. I see. I'm even thinking like, I don't even remember what this was for now because I got sold to. And I was like, (laughs) over here, I asked the girl, I I filled out a form online and she called like she, this is the thing, people. I used to be a private investigator. And when I would get information from people, you have to call and you just act like it's your friend on the other end of the phone. That's where she had me. She had me at hello, like, like legit. And I was like, Oh, personality. So your personality just glommed on me like a sucker fish and hung on to me like an octopus. She wouldn't (laughs) let me go. And I knew on the inside, she's saying things that I know what to say. And I'm like, I'm being, I'm, I'm being sold to, I'm being worked, but I want to know more. I literally want to know more. And she walks me through all these things. And by the end of it, I said, do you like your job? And she's, I love your job. I said, are you looking for another one by any chance? (laughs) And she says, no, but that's so sweet. I said, are you sure? Are you? (laughs) I literally like, I got glamored like a vampire and I'm, I'm in, I'm in. She sent me an email. I haven't looked at it yet, but I'm afraid to at this point. Cause yeah. You're like, but yeah, I, you get me. Yep. You spoke all the right words, all the right language. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. And that's what I mean. We've talked to you about finding, you know, when you hire people in your business, if you're going to pivot for any, from anything in your business and you have to bring on somebody, I think so many people have this mindset that they want to bring on low level and like, so they can like mold them almost. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get the concept because in my previous careers, I wanted green. I wanted people who were green that had no experience because I wanted to teach them my way. That was a sure. different type of business, I think. When you're really looking at up-leveling your business, hire somebody who wants to own it. Yeah. They want to own, people business, smarter than me. Own, own their role, own their job, and then get out of their way, man. It's like, that's why you're paying them. So you don't have to do so much of the heavy thinking. Yeah. And that's, that's a really, really solid point as well. When you hire someone who knows more than you do, they're going to take that to a level that you couldn't have brought it to. And that's really what you want. You want them to be able to own that role, to be able to take it further than you could do. I mean, if you, if you were supposed to do everything in your business, sure you would, but I mean, that's not just not the reality we, and, um, have them help you to build the systems that you need to ensure that if someone wants to transition at some point, whether it's into their role so they can transition somewhere else, you also want to make sure that it's done in a way that anyone can step into that role. So if if you've got, because I think that's one of the challenges that people find is that if I hire someone who knows more than I do, what happens when they leave? And I've been there, trust me, pivoting is not necessarily the easiest thing at times, but um, I've had people leave unexpectedly and we've managed really, really well by just dividing up their tasks because we have such great systems in place behind the scenes. And while my talk at Resacon is not strictly about creating and building systems and building your team and that sort of thing, when it comes to the pivoting, there will be an element of that because first of all, it's me and I don't yeah. know how to talk about anything without talking about having a system in place for it. Uh, but it's also just, it, it is an important aspect of the, of the, the concept and the, the topic. If you're thinking about pivoting, you have to be thinking about either hiring someone or letting someone go potentially or redistributing tasks within your team. So there needs to be some sort of thought put into how that's going to look and how that's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that can be a healthy thing too, because I know here at HQ with yeah. our team, we throughout the year, several times throughout the year, 
Is everybody cool with what they're doing? Is there anything that you're doing right now that you are just, you don't want to do anymore? Is there anything you want to try? Are you interested in something else now that you're seeing that you're here? And we can kind of, you know, trade off on some of those responsibilities and it's a healthy thing. So it also doesn't keep your job so stagnant in what it is that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the big things, whenever someone tells me there's a job that they don't want to be doing, I'm like, cool, make it so someone else can do it. The easiest way for me to find someone else to do it is that you've made it so it's all packaged up in a nice little bow and we can just pass it off to someone. If it's going to take hours and hours and hours of training, and I'm basically paying two people to do the same job for a month in order to be able to pass it off, it's not going to fly with me. But you make it so transferable that anyone can do it. Maybe it's a matter of a different person does it every week or whatever it might be. Um, but I mean, we've got a process for everything. We have a process for how to put the garbage out on a weekly basis. I mean, that's how intense it is. Like it's a, it's a thing, you know, because if it's the same person doing it every week, that's great, but you want your team to be able to take holidays. You want, you want to be able to disconnect. You want, I mean, I I'm big on when my team goes on holidays, don't check in. I don't want to hear from you until the day you come back to work. I'm not going to message you. You're not going to hear from me. I'm going to respect you while you're gone and the the boundaries that you're setting. And you're going to respect me when I'm gone as well. And I'm going to disconnect. So, I mean, I know that's kind of getting a little bit off topic, but the, again, like a lot of the stuff that relates to how to be able to pivot your business, even if you're not planning on pivoting right now, it's great to be prepared for it. But the other part of it though, is that a lot of the things that we put in place to be able to pivot also work really well for just the day-to-day running of the business. Yeah. Well, part of, I think the big the big takeaway from what you're going to be talking about in reality is a lot about recession proofing your business mm-hmm. and making sure that, you know, there's been talk that we're going to be heading into a recession. I haven't heard a whole lot, right. You know, immediately, like in the last two weeks, cause you know, here in the United States, our news cycle, it's kind of, kind of full right now, but <laughs> low, recession, bit, nobody's talking about that right this second. But, you know, when it happens, you do need to be able to have these skill sets. And because the last thing that anybody wants to do, it's like kind of being caught with your pants down. It's you just you have to be able to hit it when it happens and make decisions quickly and move with them, navigate them. And if it doesn't go well, we do something like um, what your gal, your salesperson did when she didn't get the job. We I call it a sales autopsy. There's actually a book called a sales autopsy. I have it. I don't remember the author's name, but look it up. It's great. It's a great book. What went well? What didn't go well? What are you going to do different next time? Yeah, that post-mortem. process, postmortem, and um, great book. Um, but we do that. I do that all the time, and that's what she did. And she's even, you know, taken it a step further. I've had people do that with me that reached out and said, "Can you give me feedback on why I didn't get the bid?" That's really brave. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage, and it takes it actually takes a lot of integrity for somebody to be able to do that. And to be willing to be open um, and then and then to take what away from it and to learn from it. That's good stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know the first time um, I've talked about this in some of my talks before, where the first time that I ever asked, like sent a survey out or asked for feedback, I was so anxious. Every time I would get a survey returned to me, I would be so anxious opening it like, please like me, please like me, please like me. And now I'm excited. Like I I love the positive feedback. It means we're doing something well, but doesn't give you any room to improve. So when I get someone saying, you know what, what could have been a little bit better, that's where some of the best nuggets come from. Um, Of course, I always prefer those are not in a Google review and those are in like a private feedback kind of thing. Uh, But I'm always encouraging it. It's, um, I find one of the biggest values to working with friends sometimes. And yes, I do actually work with friends and family. They pay me, uh, but we do work together. And that's one of the big things that I say to them is like, you can be honest with me. 
um, in a way that most people can't. So if you see something about the system or process that we're using or the way that we're communicating or something along the ways that you don't like, let me know what it is. And this is another thing when it comes to pivoting your business. If you're not measuring things, if you're not paying attention to what it is your clients are looking for, if you're not building those relationships and having those conversations, you are going to find it more difficult to be able to, to shift your business however you need to. Yeah, facts. I'm so excited for this RisaCon. I'm telling you, in 2022 was our first year um, coming out of COVID. And um, this year, we're going to pack them in. We're, I'm, I'm so hopeful that we are going to get back up to that. We were at 450 in 2019 before COVID. Um, right. and we are doing everything we can. So if you are on the fence about attending RisaCon, you're going to be missing out on the brilliance of Shauna Lynn Simon, as well as three keynote speakers this year. You've seen David Avrin before, yes? Oh, yeah. I'm connected with him on Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff. He's yeah, just one too. of my favorite people. He's great. Yeah. He's absolutely. got TikTok now. Oh, does he? Called, okay. Yeah. I think it might be called The Real David Avrin, but um, follow him on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Because he's also been, um, yeah. He, he's, he's the been... most the most impersonated dude on the internet. Yes. Is that he's, he's been a doctor. He's been a lawyer. He's um, been up in the U.S. Army. You name it. Yeah. Um, he has been it. Um, yeah. Quite funny for a lot of years going back on that. Michelle Villalobos, I don't know if you've had the chance to look into her yet. No. She is my soul sister. She's one of us. She's somebody. Okay. Um, I'll connect you. We'll, 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 you'll have to meet her. She's great. Okay. Um, yeah. She has a similar thing that I teach people about. She calls it sales from service to where I've been teaching people for the last couple of years. I call it flip the script. Like, like you stagers get interviewed by people to see if they're a good fit. And I'm like, why aren't you interviewing them to see if they're a good yes. fit for you? Flip that. Yes. Script. So she does this and I do this as well. And it's like, and that's just a way to we evaluate. Is this going to be a good client for me is, you know, do you see those red flags that you kind of want to avoid? And if it's, if it's not that good fit again, stagers, you don't have to have every single job pass that on to somebody else because it'll come back to you tenfold. So it's a little bit about what she's doing. And in all of these sessions, they're not only are they just keynotes, but this year they're keynotes in theory. And then it's kind of like a workshop where you're actually going to learn the, Ooh, the like theory. That. Terry Watson, you've seen Terry, yes? Terry is also fantastic. Yes, yes. He's a, he's a joke a minute, basically, kind of guy. Oh, yeah. My goodness gracious, me oh my, as my Mima would say. This man is one of those people that have changed my life personally. Um, Zig Ziglar was another one. Read his books. Um, oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, you know, back in the, the 70s and the 80s, he's, he was the man. He's the one, he's the first, my first influence into sales and motivation and positivity was Zig Ziglar. Terry Watson, I met in 2003 at a WCR meeting in Contra Costa County, California. He came out, I was on the board. He came out, he did his talk. We do, you know, did the brunch, you know, weekly meeting or whatever. And he came out and I'm just like, was in awe. I'm like, you just, you changed my entire world. It was like taking a psychedelic mushroom and having your whole purview change or something. <laughs> He's just yeah. Terry Watson, psychedelic for business. Um, he's great. <laughs> uh, David and Terry, this is their third time. They got a hat trick going for Risa Khan, third time speaking. Um, okay. We've got, we've got a lot of great people. So we've got topics of like uh, value acceleration as an exit strategy. Rebecca Hay, Felicia found this designer named Rebecca Hay, and she's going to talk about how to confidently add full service design to your service offerings to increase your revenue in your staging businesses. Awesome. You know, 
finance stuff. We've got inventory buying. We've got diversifying through virtual staging, not instead of, but in addition to just so many different topics. So branding, um, I'm just going through short-term rentals, consultations, color, um, and Tracy Melendi, Melendi's uh, speaking this year. I finally got her. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Listen, What's she speaking on? Uh, how to turn your ideal clients into your sales force. So, you know, her program yeah. where she, this, I'll, I'm going to just give you a little bite of Melendi because she's going to come on the show, but just a little bitty taste of it. She charges real estate agents for a class. They pay her money, U.S. dollars to go to her warehouse to take a class so she can teach them how to work with her yeah, and how to sell her brilliant. to her clients. And I, when she first told me this years ago, I'm like, they they pay you and she's like oh yeah I'm like and that works she's like oh yeah I'm like you've got to come to RisaCon so I've tried for years and I landed her so she's coming so yes, it's going to be awesome legal we got legal stuff contracts insurance risk management everybody needs to know about that and we have a six-figure open forum this year that is going to be led by Red Bear Nuevo, Annie Furlow, and Barbara Helsonic. Um, so it's just going to be an open forum for six figure stagers. And then we have a new one. I don't have the title in front of me, but it's more about for people that are just coming into the industry, people that are new. And that's going to be head up by um, Kathy Hobbs, Minol Shamreen, me. Oh my gosh, there's one other person. I can't remember. Oh, no. Oh, no. Schnitzers. I cannot remember the other person. It's going to come <laughs> me in a minute. I just yeah. can't remember everything, let me tell you. Um, but if you're on the fence about RisaCon, like I said, I just went over a few of the sessions that we're having this year. And normally we do four, we do three sessions at a time. This year, um, we uh, changed it to four sessions at a time. So you have four sessions now to choose from. And you've got the add-on uh, where you can add on the recordings um, if you want to see those, because you can only do one at a time. Tori Toth. Right. <laughs> Oh, Hi. sorry, Tor. Sorry, Tor. Yeah. Tori Toth is also going to be doing that. It's called the Staging Launchpad, an open forum for new stagers. So that's going to Perfect. be there as well. So any final words, closing words? Uh, just go to RisaCon. Honestly, <laughs> if you're on the fence about it, come. Uh, aside from all the incredible speakers that Shell just mentioned and, uh, you know, the energy that's in the room, uh, you get to meet people one-on-one. You get to talk to people and learn about their experiences. It's way better than you'll ever get out of a Facebook group or through an Instagram post or from a TikTok video. Like, you know, come and meet these people live and in person. Um, nothing's better than the real thing. So, like, yes, you can get the recordings, but attending RisaCon. I've been doing it. I don't even know how many years I, I had to count actually, when I submitted my RisaCon, uh, submit, um, I think it said how many years have you been going to RisaCon? Like I've, I've lost track at this point, uh, but over 10 years anyway, that, yeah. um, that I've been going and it's just been, it's, it's game changing no matter where you're at in your business, you know, and I, I'd love to see you there. Uh, come and join us. And yeah. Join us. We're fun people, man. We are fun people. Let me tell you, all the people that have submitted to speak, we have a lot of repeat speakers over the years. Why do you, why do we do that? Because they're brilliant and they want to give back and help you because all of us that have, all the old people in the industry that have been here for 15 plus years, we've made lots of mistakes over the years. Yeah. <laughs> we got oh, yeah. to do how to avoid them. So there's that. That's all I got to say. 
The most successful people are the ones that bounce back. Barbara Corcoran said something to me years ago where she said, um, it's not that, that you fall down or you failed at anything. It's how quickly you recover and you bounce yeah. right back. And that yeah. no truer words ever spoken. So thank you, Barbara Corcoran for that. So again, if you're on the oh. fence, uh, resaconvention.com, get your ticket. We have general ticket sales. You don't want to wait till last minute pricing because that does go up. So get there. We have discounts on the hotel rooms. We have discounts even on flights. Look at the accommodations page on our website and you can get some discounts on flights as well. Shauna Lynn, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love your soul and I I love your brain. Thank you. I love you too. And I look forward to seeing you in in Vegas in just a few months. We'll be there. Until next time, everybody. Happy staging. Bye.